Disclaimer, all private home games discussed in this episode are not raked. There are no paid dealers and hosts do not charge anything to play. Names, venues, and dates may be changed to protect the innocent. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It is uh, episode four of the SLC Poker Podcast, July 29th, 2023. This is Mean Dean. I'm here all alone again, like I always am. Well, last time was pretty cool because my son Connor (laughs) joined, and that was pretty cool. Uh, I never intended for this poker podcast to be just me. I'm uh, I'm not talented enough to keep a a podcast interesting with just me it's just not a skill (laughs) that i possess but that's all right we're gonna keep doing it and at some point in the future one day somebody will be on this show i haven't the problem is is i haven't really asked anyone (laughs) i don't know what i'm expecting somebody to just bring it up but uh i think to really be good at the things i want to be good at i need to be a lot more um extroverted and uh, I, I'm just not good at getting people to do things um, for me, or I, I don't know. It's just not something I'm, I'm great at. So, uh, yeah, if I want to have people on the show, I'm going to have to start asking people to come on the show. I, I did have uh, one one guy I work with said, hey, I'll come on. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that'd, that'd be fun. Uh, I, I don't know how exactly that would go Um with it being someone who doesn't play a lot of poker, I think it'd still be fun and it's a podcast and it's fun to just chat, but we would probably just end up talking about work and that's fine too, but not necessarily uh, what I want to do on this podcast. I really want to just focus on Salt Lake City poker scene and talk to the players in, in, in the Salt Lake City poker scene. Um, but I haven't, uh, put myself out there and and really asked anybody yet so just real quick just so you know slcrounders.com is the website you can email me at meandean at slcrounders.com if you want to have your hand reviewed on the show or anything like that uh also the disclaimer i always like to give before hand reviews is i do not claim to be good at poker <laughs> i like poker i play poker uh, I'm not necessarily very good. Um, I, I, I think most people tend to believe they are better at the game than they are, and I'm no different. I'm pretty sure I think I'm better than I am. Um, but just throwing that out there, that this is not a podcast to tell you how to play good poker. <laughs> uh, so cal- calm down uh, if I give bad advice (laughs) before we get into the hand reviews let's just talk a little bit about what's going on in uh poker right now so the wsop just wrapped up uh we have a main event winner uh i did not go out there last uh podcast was months ago and i was planning to go out to the wsop and maybe play an event maybe play in some of the daily deep stacks with my buddy that didn't happen 
we we just didn't end up going out there. Uh, it's interesting. I haven't been doing this podcast uh, for the last few months because I've been playing a ton of poker, actually. And I thought the more I played, the more I would do the podcast. But that hasn't really turned out to be the case. Uh, and again, I think it's mostly because uh, I don't really want to just do the show with just me talking. But that's what we have the first four episodes. So we'll, we'll keep doing it because it is fun. Uh, I don't really know anybody who went out and went very deep. There was a game I went to a couple weeks ago, had a really good run, um, cashed out for uh, over $3,500 in a 1-3 game. It was a, a good run. And in that game, there were people talking about how they went out and played. And so a couple people I know went out and played and, and did pretty well. Uh, some of them didn't do super great, but no real stories to bring to the podcast uh, just a pretty uneventful uh, WSOP season for me. I did watch a lot of it. I like that WSOP is kind of coming around and starting to stream. You know, they locked everything down to Poker Go for a few years there, and it was like, no, you got to pay that 10 to see anything. And then the, you know, the poker streaming's really kicked off the last few years, Hustler Casino Live and a bunch of others, and... and uh, you know, it's it's brought around, like, I think WSOP's like, oh, these guys, that's the new thing, right? Those are the new celebrities, are like the players that really aren't even that good, but they're just action players, and they play fast and fun, and their game kind of looks like a home game, and but it's a lot of money, and it's live, and that's kind of the new thing. You talk to, like, these younger, like, 20, young 22, 23-year-old kids that are into poker, and and they don't care about the Daniel Negronos, the Phil Ivies. Um, they they're just into the streamers, you know, <laughs> and and uh, the the vloggers. It's it's kind of an interesting shift in the game. It, it's good. I feel like there's a whole new boom. We had the the WSOP event uh, broke records this year, which is kind of crazy. The poker's still as big as it is and feels like we're getting another, I wouldn't call it a boom, but another peak of players, new players in. And we've been talking about that for a while, last 10 years or so in poker. Uh, how do we get new young players into the game? And it didn't seem like we were really making any progress, but I think this streaming, the YouTube thing, has really brought in some new, new players um, who are excited about the game. And, and that's good. That That's exciting. Uh, one other thing going on with me is uh, I did up my own little home game. Uh, it's a 1-2 game now. Oh, my gosh. Crazy high stakes, right? But <laughs> all games play so deep now. My 1-2 game uh, that I host uh, ha ha had a significant amount of money <laughs> on the table uh, compared to what you might expect with a 1-2 home game. Uh, but, it, but it went well. It was last night. It was the first time I went to 1-2. So uh, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I started hosting, and I started at $0.25.50. And not necessarily that I was terrified of bigger stakes. I've played in 1-3 games or whatever, even a 2-5 here and there. But uh, more just when I'm hosting, I wanted to ease into it. So <laughs> a year and a half ago, it was like $0.25.50 cash game with a $60 max buy-in. <laughs> And that was pretty fun. Uh, I eventually went to a 1-1 game. I ran that for about a year. 
Um, and that played similarly to probably what you would expect in a casino 1-2, maybe a casino 1-3 game, uh, stack sizes in the two to 400 range. And uh, that, that, that was fine too. And then I just went to 1-2, got some new poker chips. I really like them. They kind of met uh, all the goals I wanted. I wanted a chip that was, you know, less than 50 cents a chip, meaning, you know, not super high end, but but good. I, I wanted something that was high contrast that you could see easily on the table. Uh, something simple, modern design, a 10, 10 gram uh, poker chip and, and uh, a website that would let me... Uh, pick the denominations I wanted and there was quite a few things that I, that I wanted in a chip and I found the poker the perfect poker chip and I bought a thousand piece set we played with that last night we were getting deep into the blacks had several um, thousand in black chips on the table um, by the end of the night and I've never gotten my game into the black chips so blacks being $100 denomination. So it, it was a fun game. So w without blabbing on too much longer, let's just get into the hand of the week or whatever I call it. Hand review. Uh, let's go. All right. For this hand, we're in a 1-3 game that tends to play real deep. We're getting near the end of the night. Uh, th this is not quite what I would call like a friendly home game. This is a little bit more of a, a serious game. There's there's several tables running, um, some some larger stakes running, uh, and a lot of people buy into this game pretty deep. And there's some uh, pretty good players at this point in the game. We're down to eight-handed. Uh, we're about to break the table and be down to just uh, two tables for the night. Um, it's getting late. I'm thinking of leaving soon. I'm in for $800, and I'm sitting with 520 So I haven't really ran really well, but I've, uh, I've been um, playing a pretty high-variance style uh, straddling uh, quite a bit. That's more due to uh, the cost of this game, so I, uh, I, I found that a, a better way... <laughs> To play in this game is to essentially make it a 5-10 game, really, and just straddle, uh, you know, buying for a thousand, maybe even more. Uh, like I said, I was in for 800, and just make it play a little bigger, put some pressure on people, uh, and uh, it, you're just—it's not gonna. This isn't a good game to buy in for 300 and just like try and uh, make something happen. It, there, there's there's uh, reasons that that's not a good idea. So we've been uh, really aggressive at this night, um, playing uh, very aggressive. People like have this image that I'm like up for the night or something for some reason. Like, like I'm like the w one of the table bosses or something or someone that's hard to play against. And I, it's like I'm down like three hundred bucks, guys. <laughs> um, but uh, that's fine. Um, I, 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 I one of my goals is to be tougher to play against, not so readable, not so ABC, not so face up. Uh, it's going to take me a while to, uh, to to find a good sweet spot that makes you know money or whatever, but that is one of my goals now is to uh, really play a, a more uh, aggressive style, maybe not super loose. Uh, again, uh, different types of hands, different situations, uh, raising when I normally wouldn't, calling when I might raise, <laughs> just really... Uh, changing it up unless i don't need to if i'm playing it, it's it's player specific right so 
if, I, I highly recommend you go to, to the show notes or to slcrounders.com and select the link for this hand number one review um, to make sure that you follow along. So in this hand, we're actually all the way down to six-handed. Like I said, we're uh, about ready to break this table. We are on the button uh, in this hand, and we straddle for 10, as we've been straddling in this game for specific reasons. I know a lot of players, ah, oh, straddling's negative EV, don't do it, blah, blah, blah. But there, there are reasons if you're in a game that, how do I say this, costs more money... <laughs> Um, to play than other games, then the way to beat that fee is to make the fee less big blinds. Am I making sense? I'm. I'm. Tr I know I'm speaking cryptically, but uh, yeah, I just it, there's a uh, certain games in the world that you know aren't free and. Uh, and it can be quite expensive based on in relation to the big blind. So uh, if you can make that game play a little bigger and make the pots a little bigger, uh, then you can make that, that uh, essentially that fee uh, um, more manageable. <laughs> okay, it's $10 straddle on the button. I've done that probably 90% of my buttons, nothing new here. And then the person directly to my left calls. Um, this person has been quite tight, not super aggressive, pretty face up, but again, not a bad player, not like a fish. Like he kind of knows where he's at and he's playing pretty careful. And, and he's, I think he's in for 500 and he's sitting with like a thousand or something like that. He, he's doing okay. Maybe 800. He, he, he's up. In the big blind is someone we're calling Alex. That may or may not be his real name. As I've said before, <laughs> I might use fake names or call people villain or whatever. Um, but uh, in this video uh, or in this podcast and on the playback um, link, his name is Alex. He bumps it to 40. So he's the other guy at the table who's playing a little bit more my style. Uh, I consider I played with him once before and he's good. He, he He's pretty aggressive. He's careful. He doesn't really make a lot of decisions that are going to hurt him too much. Uh, he's, he's a, you know, he can be a little sticky and he's very well aware that I'm playing pretty loose aggressive, especially um, defending my um, my straddles and raising straddles light, which I've been doing. Uh, I've just been introducing a ton of like light three bets and four bets and raises. And, um, he, he knows like he, he's seen it. He knows, and he's not an idiot. A lot of the other players don't really seem to know what's going on. They just think I'm getting really lucky or really hot. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> if I was, I wouldn't be down 300 bucks, but, um, so anyway, it folds around to us, and we wake up with ace-queen offsuit in the straddle, which is a really strong straddle hand. And he, he, you know, Alex has been attacking my straddles quite a bit. I've been attacking his straddles quite a bit. I've uh, three-bet. I guess that might be considered a four-bet. Um, the t straddles um, relatively light tonight, um, and he's folded. So I, I guess my point being is he doesn't have to be real strong to be uh, going after my straddle here. 
And so I'm not thinking he's like a premium, but he could have a premium, but he could have just a playable hand and he's kind of playing the way I'm playing where he's, instead of just calling where you might, he, he's, you know, we're putting each other to the test. We're putting each other in tough spots. I put him in a couple of really tough spots. Anyway, he makes it 40. I look down at ace queen. Um, you know, I think it's fine to, to call here. Uh, he's got a, a, a thousand behind or about 1100 behind at the beginning of the hand i've got 520 at the beginning of the hand so he's got me covered effective stack is, is our stack um, we still have the guy to our left to act um, who's called and didn't raise which he hasn't really raised in this spot more than maybe once or twice so i think he just does that with premiums ace king you know maybe ace queen suited but if he's got a hand like queen jack king 10 um hands like that he's calling like he did so i don't think he's got like aces or kings or something like that uh so i, I think i can raise here <laughs> uh again I, I don't know if this is the right play or not but um just just based on the the way we've been going back and forth i think i might be able to take it down here and, and there's 60 bucks in the pot so it's not a tiny pot, right, already. Um, I have a good hand. It's not suited. The thing is, I think if it's suited, um, I might actually just flat here. Um, it just has a better uh, playable uh, hand, and it's uh, just a little bit easier to navigate post-flop. So, um, But I, I, uh, I, I do decide to throw in the the raise here and I, I i still stand by it uh it could be a mistake but against this player i i think it's the right move i think there's fold equity um and I, if he calls i i have position with a, a great hand and i just don't think he has ace king aces kings queens he absolutely could and he would raise those two but he's been raising uh my my straddles and and other people straddles pretty light, I would say. So I make it 110. So he, he went, it was a $10 straddle. He makes it 40. I make it 110. I like, I like the sizing. Uh, I stand by that right now. Um, again, I, I could have just flatted, but it, it's, it's fine. I think <laughs> we do get a fold from the small blind, which I'm pretty happy with and uh he thinks for a little while um and then just makes the call so i'm like okay um i think i can remove aces and kings and probably even queens and probably ace king with the call but maybe it's an ace king offsuit and he's just gonna call but it, it feels like he has a hand that can you know ace king ace queen and and again uh, my image at the table isn't like I'm only doing this with premiums, right? He he knows that. He knows that I'll do this relatively light. Um, not crazy light. It's 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 a pretty intense hand so far, but there's already 230 in the middle. But this is a pot to fight over right away, right? And uh, we both might miss or whatever, and then it's just going to be who has position and aggression is going to take it, and that's my opinion on it. It's like I don't have to hit an ace or a queen, to take this down, I should be able to, unless he smashes it, take it down for 230 bucks profit. So I, I kind of like the spot I'm sitting in. I still have 410 behind, so I still have enough to kind of maneuver, but I would like to be deeper. Uh, the flop comes down eight of spades, eight of clubs, 
six of clubs. So eight, eight, six. It's a paired board, middling cards. And he uh, thinks for a second and checks it over to us. So again, 2.30 in the pot. I got two overs. I do block the not flush draw with the ace of clubs. Running, running clubs gives me uh, a flush, but it is a paired board. So I look at my hand and, and see that I'm, I'm blocking the flush draws. And uh, so I'm going to bet here every time. Like, I think if I check here, that's a clear mistake. There's there's 230 out there to be won. And if he doesn't quite hit this board, you know, he's not feeling great. When he, he checks back, he has some eights in his range. I have some eights in my range, but not, not a ton. He, we, either of us could have sixes or something too, but it, it feels like, uh, it felt like to me at the time that I was the one with the two big overcards and he was the one with the pair. That was kind of the thought I had. And it's like, well, how big is his pair? You know, and I can absolutely 100% rep aces, kings, queens, jacks, ace, king. Like, I can rep those for the way that I played this. So it's also a little weird because it is a straddle, but it's a straddle defend and raise, and it's just kind of a weird spot for him, I think. I would way rather be in my spot than his. So that's a good good thing. Um, so I decide to bet. There's 230 out there. My uh, my original raise was 110. Um, I could have probably just made it like 100. I don't love the down bets. Um, people do. People have been introducing them into their game. I'm sure there's a strategy for it. They're not my favorite. Uh, to me, I feel like there's no way he's ever folding to like a... $80, $100 bet here with almost anything. And the fact that, you know, all I have is two overs and a backdoor flush draw on a paired board. Like, I'm going to put pressure here. Um, and so I, I, I think betting a pretty decent size here is better. But I'm not necessarily wanting to pot it or anything like that that looks super bluffy. Um, so, uh, the sizing that I came up with was 150, and that leaves me with, at this point, I have 410 behind. There's 230 in the pot, and I make it 150, which I think is what I would do with aces, kings, queens. He, he thinks on it for a minute and uh, doesn't seem like he loves it. He's not really someone that's super manipulative. I, I find that my reads on him have been pretty good but i do consider him a good player um but he he uh, does give off some body language that for a while there i thought he was purposely giving off that might be deceptive but for the most part it's been uh correct so my reads this night in particular were insanely spot on there was times where it was three people to the showdown and i knew literally exactly what two cards all three players had so i was feeling pretty confident even though i was losing I was quite confident uh, in this game and uh, being pretty aggressive and putting people in tough spots and being hard to play against. And from that perspective, it was a successful night. But anyway, <laughs> I bet 150. He, he doesn't love it, um, but he calls. So I go, okay. Like, I don't think he has ace king. You know, maybe he does. Um, it, it feels like when he makes this call, I'm like nines because <laughs> then he kind of like blocks eight, nine and knows that I don't have an eight. 
tens and maybe even jacks. Um, and, and actually, I remember at the time, I remember thinking, I think he has jacks. In my mind, it was like nines, tens, jacks. Um, didn't think it would be an under pair, uh, you know, sevens, fives, fours, um, you know, unless he had a club or something. He could have ace, eight. He could have nine, eight. He could have seven, eight. I could be in a lot of trouble. But you can't play poker <laughs> just terrified that they flop the absolute fucking gold every time or, you you know. And so just based on how this hand had played out, I'm just like, I'm not even repping an eight, right? And I'm just repping the overpair and not scared of the eight is kind of how I'm playing this. Um but he does call, and so it's like, holy shit, okay. <laughs> and then the uh, turn is the five of diamonds. There's 530 in the pot. I got 260 behind. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty much at this point, like, if he checks, I'm going all in. Like, that, that I, I have to, right? I can't check back ever in my opinion maybe i can maybe ace high is good or whatever but if ace high is good then i want to go all in <laughs> you know um so I, you know just playing through this the way the approach we've been taking the line we're taking you know luckily we still have the 260 behind and i was pretty careful in that 150 bet to make sure i had enough behind to make a move because it would be nice to have more behind of course but um you know, like if I went through this hand, knew it was going to play out exactly like this. Maybe my three bet isn't 110. Maybe it's 90. And then I can bet 110 on the t flop. And then I have 300 behind for like a pot size bet or something, a near pot size bet on the turn. Um, so like if I thought it out exactly that way, that quickly, um, that might be a more ideal situation. But 260 is still a, a healthy bet. It's a, it's only a half pot bet. I get that. Um, but it, it's 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 not nothing. It's it's you know it's like 80 big blinds. Um, but I think again, like I said, I would much rather have more. But I'm just glad I'm not like sitting with like 180 behind. You know what I mean? Like then I'm fucked. Um, and so I was proud of myself that I at least thought about what I'll have left when I made the 150 bet. You know, I almost made it 200, and I was like, no, that I'll only have you know, like one or like 200 left behind into a $600 pot. And I thought, well, make it like a hundred. And it's like, well, he's just always going to call that every time. And this is kind of a bluff. Um, so uh, I was really uh, thinking uh, uh, pretty deep about uh, uh, the, the, the sizing in this hand, but I'm not loving the spot. He's calling me down. Um, but the thing with Alex is uh, he, he, he tends to call me down. He's called a couple of my bigger bluffs. And uh, um, so I should be taking that into account. Um, but the multi-level thinking, I actually was taking it into account. And assuming that he knew that I knew that and that um, I was kind of taking advantage of him you know, exploiting that he calls me down too light and actually betting quite a bit and coming at him heavy with a made hand, which is what I would do. So again, we're getting into like the uh, like four or five level of thinking here. Um, 
and that's why our hands kind of look different than what people would expect them to look like based on the action. And Mike Lee was sitting there watching intently, and he thought it was aces versus queens. He thought I had aces and that Alex had queens. Um, and you'll find out we had very different hands. And it's because of that dynamic of, like, getting into the multi-thinking where it's like, I know he's smart enough to realize that, like, he called my triple barrel bluff down, like, an hour ago. And he knows that I know that I'm going to log that in my brain as something that I might be able to exploit. And so on my next made hand, I'm just going to triple it again. <laughs> I'm not going to slow play it because he's somebody who calls down, and which is exactly what I would do. But I'm aware that he knows that. He knows that I know that he knows, right? So it's a weird spot with the straddle and everything. But oh, long-winded, sorry. Let's move on. So... uh he checks. I know if he checks, I'm shoving. I have to, I think. If I get snap called, fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think it's putting an insane amount of pressure on nines, tens, and jacks, um, which is where I think he's at. I don't think he has ace-king. Um, if he has ace-king, he's calling to a chop, thinking I have ace-king. And, you know, based on the logic of you know, everything that I should be blocking. I also like that I'm blocking that flush draw. So he can't have the nut flush draw. So there's a lot of things that really I'm putting a ton of pressure on that he could have. And if he has an eight, so be it. I guess it's just kind of like, all right, you know, I ran into it, but the logic was fine. Um, so I, I do just, just shove here. And I think that's what I would, this is where I'm wondering if the mistake is, is this exactly what I would do with queens or kings? And I think against him in this spot, yes. Against other players in this spot, I'm going to be careful with that one pair hand. I also just think that he might raise me if he had like a weird eight here. Um, I don't know. He, he might just check back an eight all the way and just know that I'm going to fire it off, but hoping I have kings or aces or queens. It's a little bit of a, a, a maybe a, a, a bad bet in the terms of would I just go for that max value with aces, kings, uh, queens. Um, I, I think I would play it just like this with aces and kings. Um, queens might check this river or this turn. Um, just for fear of kings and aces. But again, I don't know. If he has aces or kings, he's 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 thrown it all in when I raise into 110, I think. But he might not because he's, he's pretty smart. So going back through the hand, this is the first time I've looked at it since I played it. I like the play. Um, I could easily have just not got myself in this situation. Um, he struggles for a little bit, but not long enough <laughs> and just makes the call. And I'm like, fuck, really? Like you got like Queens, I guess. You know what I mean? Like you're super strong. And I'm like, uh, you got it. Ace high. Um, not even really thinking my ace or queen would be good, but I'm, I'm hoping when I do shove that an ace or a queen is actually an out for me. <laughs> he turns over with the seven of clubs, if I remember correctly. And there for a minute, I'm just like, oh, this guy owns me. Like, he just calls it down <laughs> with sevens. Like, he loses to nines, tens, jacks. But he knows I'm not, like, 
triple barreling nines and tens here. I mean, I'll bet them, but I'm not trying to get it all in, right? And so when he first showed it to me and the hand played out and then a, a blank on the river was a deuce. Um, so he wins the whole thing. He takes all my money, <laughs> takes it all. I thought, man, how the fuck did he know for a fact that I just had like two big cards, you know? When I went back and put it into the hand replayer, I realized why the seven stick around. And I realized that based on my logic with the nines and tens and maybe jacks, I actually might have been able to get a fold. Maybe. But you look at it, and it took me a minute to realize pocket sevens is actually really good for him on this flop, right? So he's kind of blocking eight, seven. Um, so he's not too worried about an eight, obviously, with my uh, my huge raise. There's not a ton of eights in my range. However, there are some because I did make that move with him this night with eight, nine uh, suited. <laughs> um, so, like, it's not impossible, but I think he can rule out um, the eights pretty well. Um, but more, and then he's kind of got, like, the the full house is kind of, you know, he, he's, it, it, it hits him pretty good actually. Um, but with the five, when the money goes all in, he's open-ended, <laughs> right? So he doesn't, he's got outs. It's not just that he's calling me down with sevens, just knowing, owning my soul that he knows that I have ace, king, or ace, queen. Um, he's calling me down because he thinks that's likely what I might have. Um, but he's got it. He's open-ended eight, seven, six, five, and he'd have a really interesting straight. So he knows like he can call there. His sevens could be good, but even if they're not uh, a nine or a four, um, takes it all for him as well. He knows I don't have a, a nine or, you know, I don't have the straight here ever. So he's blocking like the weird, like when I shove, like I can't have like nine, seven, right? Um, that's so unbelievably unlikely. And the fact that he blocks it, like he's in a pretty good spot with sevens. So the reluctant call with the sevens, it wasn't an insta call. And then the two ran out and he didn't look very happy. He's just like, I got a little pair, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, you're good, ace high. And he flipped over the sevens, and I mucked the ace queen. Yeah, he takes the whole thing. But I felt really shitty. Like, man, I'm really just donking it off after the hand. Like, the guy just calls me down with sevens. Like, he loses to everything. <laughs> but I'm glad that I replayed it. Um, that's why I think reviewing these hands is important, is to see if you made any clear mistakes. I don't hate the way I played it. I don't see any clear mistakes um throughout the hand you know he just happened to have a really strong draw and a pair that that bluff catches ace king ace queen and so he had multiple reasons to call uh so uh, it, it, uh an interesting hand but yeah when it when it flipped over sevens and i have ace queen like mike was just like floored like you guys are playing the weirdest fucking game he's like i don't know what you guys are doing and I'm like, that eh, kind of makes sense the whole way it played out. Um, calling the uh, 110 out of position with sevens is a pretty risky move for him, especially because he's identified me as a tough player to play against. But he probably thinks that I would do what I did and, <laughs> and over bluff, and he could just kind of 
take it. But I don't feel like either of us really outplayed the other one super strongly in his hand. Like I felt when I left, I'm like, man, he just owned me there, you know. But the uh, the 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 sevens makes a, a, a ton of sense why he would call her. It's just like, ah. Oh, you know, he has a lot of outs. He's got two sevens. He's got four nines and four fours. So uh, that's ten outs. Again, it's not beautiful, but when your sevens might be good to two over cards, yeah, he, he's going to call there. And even if I have more, he's probably going to call even a bigger bet. So I think if I had more money, though, I could have made it, you know, 225 on the turn. And he would call it, and then when he misses and that two comes out, and then I shove, like, four, like, he's in a tough fucking spot, right? Um, he has to know for a fact that I only have <laughs> two big cards. So he might still be able to make that call, but it's a lot harder for him. So anyway, uh, that that was uh, one of the more interesting hands I've ever played and uh and it was fun to go through it all right we've reached the end of the podcast uh go ahead and head over to slcrounders.com actually you don't really need to there's not much there other than the podcast so yeah second thought save your time and uh don't don't visit my website and uh and and don't make sure you don't uh, share this with friends um, and definitely do not like or subscribe. <laughs> All right, guys, you have a good one. I'm out. I'm out.